Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. We have made it to Friday, January 19th. January is the longest month ever. January feels, I feel like we have been in January 2024 since January 2012. Am I alone here? January is never ending. I think that's every month. I mean, every January, because I feel like January has a lot of weekends in it. I mean, this one I feel like has a lot of weekends in it. Um, but it just is, it's, it's a month of, um, hmm, cold weather, lots of growth, lots of self-help. I'm going to talk all about this today with, with the chef conversation. I'm very, very, um, interested in this side of chef and I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to get into all of that and more. Welcome to Daily Dose of Donna. For those of you that are new here. Uh, so many new subscribers yesterday. It's interesting. All I had to do was say, why aren't you subscribing? And I got 50 new subscribers because you guys are watching every day. You guys are watching, but you're not actually pressing the subscribe button. So either you're hate watching, which we've all done in the past in certain ways, or you just didn't know that you can subscribe or you can follow the show. So do it. Just do it. What's holding you back? It's a free act of service. Um, another way to support, of course, is joining the Patreon every week. I do a new Patreon episode and we do happy hours. I need to schedule our January happy hour. I think I'll do it next Friday night. And then, um, and that's a live zoom. And then we have my rewatches with Zach Peter that come out every single weekend. We're on Beverly Hills season one episode, I believe six next weekend. Can't wait to get to that dinner from hell. And then, um, yeah, a lot of uh, good stuff over there. And then also so many of you guys reached out saying that you wanted more information on my podcast class. So the podcast class that I'm offering in February, it's a four-week class, four-week, five sessions. Um, all the info is in my show notes. Make sure to check it out. And then if you have any additional questions, you can always shoot a DM and I will answer them. I got on the phone with some of you guys yesterday answering some questions, which was really fun. I like connecting with you guys. I do. I really like hearing, you know, your um, favorite parts of the show and what you think, uh, what shows you watch and what shows you listen to. I always just enjoy kind of connecting with you guys, which is why I love my Patreon happy hours because then I can put a name to a face. Like, of course, you know, you know how much I love my Ray. I know Josh now face-to-face, Lourdes, Billy, so many other people that come here every single day and catch up and are very active in the Facebook group. I see you guys. So appreciate you. Okay. Before we get into today's show, which is going to be filled with some good stuff about Southern Charm, Beverly Hills, maybe I'll touch on a couple other things. We do have to shout out the last day of this week's sponsor one skin, one skin. A lot of you guys are saying that my skin is glowing. Well, that could be for a variety of reasons. 
A, I'm doing dry January, right? So there's no alcohol in these pores. B, um, I'm not getting a lot of sun. Maybe that's a good thing. And C, I'm using one skin. I'm telling you, I'm using the one skin eye cream and the face cream, the moisturizer. It's all about setting some really big goals to look better and feel better. And sometimes the simplest changes are the most impactful. So take one skin's two-step approach to healthier skin. For example, see their products are powered by a scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets lines and wrinkles right where they start your cells. This isn't just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. In fact, OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock. We're doing back to the future here instead of just masking the signs of aging with our full line of face, eye, body, sun, and travel size products. One skin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. And I'm all in. So for a limited time, Daily Dose of Donna listeners will get an exclusive 15% off One Skin products using the code Donna, that's D-A-N-A, when you check out at oneskin.co. This is the facial moisturizer. I use this in the morning and the evening. I put it all over my face and my neck. I'm a big neck cream on the neck fan um, because I have like neck anxiety. Is that a real thing? Anxiety. I'm going to call it everything anxiety. That's really it. But as you can see, it goes on so smooth. It's so, as Bethany would say, mmm creamy. I can't. I can't. She would say, oh, it's so luxurious. It's so smooth. It's so silky. You know, it feels like luxury. Anyway, I don't know how much longer my 15% off code is going to work. So if I were you, I would get on that today before the weekend and make sure that your skin is in good shape for the rest of the year. It's so lovely. No scent. And it doesn't leave it feeling oily or greasy or anything like that. So thank you, OneSkin. Again, go to oneskin.co and use the code Donna, D-A-N-A. Lots of you guys talking about my glasses today. This is not an ad, but I became old this year. No, I know my skin doesn't look like it, but I really did become older this year. And I truly, um, my eyes felt it more than ever. Like I literally turned 42 and all of a sudden couldn't see anymore. So... Um, these are my Warby Parker prescription glasses. They're not just readers. I actually need a prescription because I have astigmatism and different prescriptions in both eyes. And then I just bought a couple other pairs of glasses, much cheaper than Warby Parker. They're on their way. So I may have to do the glasses. I don't need them for the show, but it just helps my reading so much. So today's my smart look. You know, you may think that you're watching Daily Dose of Donna, but you're really watching Smartless, Smartful, Smartful with Donna Bowling. (sighs) All right, you guys, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Yesterday, there were some interesting developments in the Kyle Richards land. Remember yesterday I was speaking about... um, Beverly Hills and the episode of Kyle Richards foundation, or she put on that event to honor her friend, Lorraine, who died um, by suicide. And she, it was a beautiful, beautiful event. And remember when I covered it two weeks ago, or I would say a week ago, I definitely said, I don't understand why Mauricio is not there. It doesn't track for me. This guy is a public facing guy. Mauricio is 
we know one thing about Mauricio. Mauricio is all about his public perception. He's a he's a real estate guy. It's all about business. It's all about what people think about him. He's on Dancing with the Stars. He has his own show. Guys, I don't care what how much he and Kyle didn't like each other. There is absolutely no way in my opinion that Mauricio would have skipped out on the NAMI event unless there's a different reason for it. So my theory, which I kind of spoke about yesterday, way before, a few hours before Kyle came out and talked about this, was that Kyle's intention here was for Mauricio not to be there. I think at this point in her life, Mauricio became a little bit more of uh, an annoyance than a, a place of support. I think she saw him as a distraction for her life and her happiness. At this point, we saw them, you know, the following week at the Homeless Not Toothless event. And she was annoyed with him. She wasn't happy to be with him. Like, it's so obvious. I don't think he brings her joy. I don't think he brings her happiness. And I definitely don't think he he makes her feel supported in any way for whatever reason. So in this case, my theory yesterday was that she really chose, I want to be surrounded by my girls, my daughters, my friends, and then Morgan. And that is my priority here. I just don't feel supported and safe to be 100% vulnerable and meet around Mauricio. We've seen that this entire season. So I theorized that there was a reason Mauricio wasn't there and it wasn't because Mauricio didn't want to be there. It was because Kyle orchestrated some sort of an event, whether it's timing, whether it's you know schedule, or maybe it was just her communication about what the event was for Mauricio not to go. I thought for 100% sure, because it was too weird that all these people who are so dependent on their husbands to be with them at all these events, like Dorit always brings PK to any of these events. Um, Crystal always brings Rob, unless it's a girls only event. But every time that there is a relationship or anytime that there's an event where your husbands are allowed, these women always bring their husbands. We've seen it on every single season. The only one, in fact, that doesn't sometimes bring Mauricio, uh, her husband is Kyle because Mauricio is so busy. But this was Kyle's event. And if Kyle said, hey, this is important. I want you to be there. He, I don't believe that Mauricio was like, sorry, can't. He owns the agency. Like he's not a, a lowly employee that needs to be. And you know what? He's so wealthy and has his jet. And, and I think the editing of it and Kyle's, um, guys, I'm not going to be pro Kyle in this case. I, You know, I've been very supportive of Kyle this season, but in this case, I think she's playing the victim and it bothers me a little bit because I think in her confessionals and in her interviews, all she's doing is saying like, I wish Mauricio could have been there for me. It would have been nice for him to be there for me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm giving him a taste of his own medicine. So she's clearly throughout this entire season, really throwing Mauricio under, under the bus as if he is the one in the wrong. And that is fine. And that may be true in the past, but yesterday, I think she started to realize the blowback this guy was getting, and he was getting a lot of blowback. He was getting a lot of people probably saying like, I mean, we were seeing it online. Like, what kind of a husband does this? What kind of a husband does not support your wife when they're, when they're, you know, organizing, not even just attending, but organizing an event and be, and the hostess, basically, and it's that important of a story where your daughters are there also and crying. There's no way Mauricio wasn't close with this woman as well. 28 years of, of marriage or 27 years of marriage, they, they knew each other the entire, I mean, Kyle's been friends with her since childhood. So anyway. 
Um, there is absolutely something going on there that Kyle is trying to spin this story. But yesterday, I think she had no choice to kind of have to call it out and and backpedal and support Mauricio. So she basically said, um, I wanted to clarify this. This is what she wrote on her stories. I did many times then. Mm, we haven't seen it, not once in any of the interviews. So I guess it's an editing issue. But I guess I need to again. Mo offered to cancel his trip multiple times, even though there were many people involved in this trip. I told him he did not need to do that. The date of the event was changed last minute and none of the other men were attending because that was the way Kyle orchestrated it. I had a lot of support around me that night. It's not fair to put that on him. Okay. So why? If Kyle, if Mauricio really, really wanted to be there and tried to change, you know, tried to change his trip and cancel his trip multiple times, as Kyle is saying, why didn't Kyle have the decency to say at some point, at some point in the event, you know, during talking about the event or going into, why didn't she have it in her at some point to say, I know Mauricio really wanted to be here, but, he, but I told him he shouldn't. She didn't because she wants to create this narrative that she is being left in the dust by him and he doesn't care about her. And obviously that's why she's going to end up with Morgan. Guys, you know, I, I feel very strongly about this relationship between her and Morgan. And I swear if they don't come out with it during the reunion, I was texting with my friend Aliza yesterday. We were like, what are we going to do? Like, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? And even if it's not a romantic relationship, which I think it is. Um, it's just too weird. It's too much. It's so strange. Anyway, good for Kyle for, you know, following her heart and doing what she wants. But I just find it interesting that she's totally changing the narrative that she's the victim in this case. When in reality, she was falling in love with someone else, I think. That's just my thought. I think she was starting to fall in love with someone else. Not to say that Mauricio hasn't done wrong. I think he has done wrong, most likely from what we've heard. But not to say that, it's a separate issue. Kyle finally found her own happiness. She stopped drinking. She started um, connecting with Morgan. And that was that. So she didn't want Mauricio there. Would you want the person that you're not happy with supporting you? The only reason she would want him there is for public face and to show your friends. But you know what? She doesn't, she didn't even care about that. She doesn't care about him looking good anymore. Clearly, She's throwing him under the bus in every single interview, even those after shows about the Instagram DMs. She is 100% focusing on Morgan. She didn't want to hurt Morgan's feelings because if Morgan was there and Mauricio was there, Kyle would have to be with Mauricio. Kyle would have to hold hands with Mauricio, sit next to Mauricio and be Mauricio. Mauricio would be Kyle's plus one, but she didn't want that. Okay. Lots of you guys are saying it doesn't look like a last minute event, like the date didn't change last minute. I agree. I don't think any of that happened. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And and I get it. Like in this time that she's filming these confessionals, which we don't know when it is, in the time that she's filming these confessionals, it's very possible that she was still in denial about this. She was still not sure if they were going to get separated. She was still not sure, you know, what was going to happen. So she's still trying to kind of like play whatever. I don't know. I just think, I just think it's pretty clear from an outsider's perspective. I think it's pretty clear what's happening, but you know, 
Maybe you guys don't. I don't know. Um, all right. So there's a couple other little random stories that I feel like we could talk about if we wanted to, but nothing that like, oh yeah, you know what this, this kind of connects with, um, with, uh, what's it called? Um, Kyle Richards. So yesterday, two days ago, right after Miami and Beverly Hills, Erica Jane and my favorite Dr. Nicole were on Watch What Happens Live. And a lot of you guys saw this clip. Erica basically straight up says to Andy Cohen, I don't want anyone to be treated easier or get off easier at the reunion because Erica really had gotten killed at the reunion in years past these last couple of years about the Tom Girardi of it all. And when she brought up the reunion for Beverly Hills, Andy seemed a little bit confused. Like, what do you mean? What are you trying to say? And Erica said, I think that everyone should get the same treatment. Kyle should get the same treatment. I love her, but I got eviscerated at my reunion. And I think what's fair is fair. It's not necessarily like trying to throw Kyle under the bus. It's a general feeling of, I think Andy knows that, well, I think most housewives know, and I, I don't know if you guys remember hearing this. I don't remember where it came out. Maybe it was at a BravoCon Watch What Happens Live or something, that Kyle Richards is Andy Cohen's favorite housewife. I think for a variety of reasons. I think that she is a good housewife. She's always probably responsible and on time and nice and friendly with the crew. And also, you know, she's related to Paris Hilton. Andy is a little bit of a star effer, if you know what I mean. He loves a celebrity. He loves the old Hollywood of it all. And I think he really does love Kyle Richards as a housewife. So I think Erica was basically saying like, don't let her off easy. Like you better, you know, go to town at this reunion, which is going to be shooting soon. So I am so interested to watch all this stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait for it all. Um, it's interesting. So you guys, as I'm talking here, I just got a text um, about this. And I think this is interesting. Back into the Beverly Hills world. Anna Marie, our favorite negative 8.5 yesterday's episode dedicated to negative 8.5. Anna Marie is being called out by the American Society of Anesthesiologists on Instagram. What in the world? How horrible is this for Anna Marie? Now, I say this with love. If you are a career woman and you have a career or a man, right? And you have a career, especially when it's people's health involved. So if you're a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, um, an actual medical, like surgical doctor or whatever it is, anything where other people's like health and life's are, lives are involved, what you do and what you say on TV can destroy your career. Now, Dr. Nicole has played this very well because she doesn't really involve her career. She doesn't talk about medical issues. She's supportive of Gertie and her cancer, et cetera. But she has not been like really bringing anything up medically ever. But one thing Nicole does is that she validates her clients or her patients, I should say. She validates her patients and their concerns. ASA underscore HQ, that's the American Society of Anesthesiologists headquarters, calls out on their um on their page saying the real housewives know a fake anesthesiologists are medical doctors with more than 12 years of higher education and up to 16,000 hours of clinical training title 
misappropriation has no place in healthcare. Whoa. And then they they posted a little clip that says, not a clip, a graphic that says anesthesiologists must complete medical school, have 12 to 14 years of higher education, complete 12 to, 12 to 16,000 hours of clinical training, et cetera. Um, often spend a year more in fellowship program to learn anesthesiology subspecialty. And then it says nurse anesthetists do not complete medical school, have five to seven years of higher education, complete 2,500 hours of clinical training, and do not participate, participate in subspecialty fellowships. They are basically saying, Anna Marie, Anna Marie shut up. Wow. That's a big deal from like a huge organization that is essentially your, um, you know, I don't know. It would be like if the podcasters of, um, you know, the podcasters of America called me out. <laughs> I'm not part of anything like that, but, um, you know, it is, that is embarrassing. Wow, 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 wow. All right, let's move on to last night's reunion of Southern Charm. Ba-ba-doo, guys. We're walking into what could potentially be another controversial territory because the last time I spoke about this last week after part one of the reunion, I got a lot of you saying, I cannot believe you can ever be on Taylor's side. I cannot believe that you ever would support Taylor. I cannot believe... So on and so forth. I'm going to tell you this right now. I think the most abhorrent, awful, um, situation in life is when someone cannot accept an apology and try Mm, okay, I'm going to, let me restart this one. This is the live show. So I have to be very careful here. People in life make mistakes. I am one of them. I've made mistakes. Have you made a mistake? Have you ever made a mistake? Just, I'm looking right at you. Have you ever made a mistake? Okay. If you're a human being, you have, that's just the way it works. Some mistakes are small. Some mistakes are large. Some mistakes can af severely affect other people and some mistakes can only affect you. Whatever, okay? I think that in my opinion, I do believe that in life, we have to try harder to accept people for wrongdoings if, if, There's remorse, there's promise of change, and it's not like an empty apology, right? Some people struggle with that. I have a lot of people who have hurt me in my life that I can't, I struggle with forgiving and moving on because I never felt that from them. I never felt like genuine remorse, genuine apology, right? If... I, I would almost want to watch, rewatch this season of Southern Charm with a real like clear eye on Taylor on, and the way she, that she went about this. Cause I don't think it was all right. And a lot of times I think Taylor found herself in this like 
really challenging situation with Olivia and Austin and Shep and like didn't know how to get out of it. And so she made mistakes. She made mistakes in her getting to the place of finally just saying, I'm so sorry. I don't believe that um, she's not sorry. I do believe that she is sorry. I still think that she has a lot to learn and a lot to do. That being said, that being said, um, I don't think she should just completely be forgiven. No problem. Forget. Move on. All good. No. I think this is a process. But I do believe if the relationship was really strong, if the relationship was really there, I think that you can build things back if it's worth it for you, which I don't think it is worth for Olivia in that moment, right? I don't think it was worth for Olivia. A lot of you guys are so passionate in the comments. I mean, this has really, really triggered a lot of opinions. But I am someone that I like to live my life in a place of recognizing that people fuck up in many, many ways. And it's a lot of times not intentionally to hurt the person. Like if someone has done something to me, I can get very hurt by it. But I don't know if I can necessarily assume or be positive that it was to hurt me. And sometimes you just have to look at the reasons why people do things. Okay. Anyway, let's keep it moving. And I will get more into the Olivia of it all, but there's a few other things that I want to talk. Well, let's start with the end of episode one. We see that Olivia walks out off of the um, set into their break, calling Taylor a C word. Not a great look. Fine. She's upset. I don't know. I, it's very, very hard to see someone like Olivia who is just not able to release any of the anger whatsoever, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, I think that she's very angry. They go off to their break. Taylor is crying in her dressing room and, you know, she's just very upset. She feels like she almost didn't come. She really wanted to heal her relationship with Olivia. Um, at this point, you know, Rodrigo, the guy that like literally said more on the reunion than he said the entire season. I was so confused why he was even in, why he was even there. And then, um, Rod, <laughs> is that his name? Olivia's like kind of ex. They both show up and they're all getting ready and everyone's kind of getting ready. Everyone recognizes in this moment that like Taylor probably shouldn't have brought up the T-Rav. I agree. I think that was a very, very low, low place and not, um, I just don't think that was a, like a necessary, you know, moment there. And um, <laughs> you guys are really, really funny. Wow. I would never want to wrong any of you guys. Whoa. It's a lot. It's, it's anger. Severe anger. Um, okay. So in this moment, um, we come back from break and everyone's sitting there and well, Shep says something to Taylor during the break. And this is a, a moment with me that I feel like I feel like Shep really does have a heart and he really loves Taylor. I, I really do believe that he and Taylor will always have a love for each other because he tries to give her advice basically saying like, go, um, just stop talking. 
just stop talking and just be quiet. And I agree. I think Taylor really needed to kind of stop talking, which she does. She does stop talking. But if you notice at the next time that she walks off, Vanita's like, stand up for yourself. Talk more. Like she's getting all these bad, like she's getting all these people's advice of how to handle this situation. I cannot understand how people can go through this kind of a moment. What Taylor is experiencing in this moment is such intense, probable, like humiliation with the shout out of Whitney's nudes that she sent last, last, um, in the last episode that came out with all about how she like, you know, text Shep about like, oh, what, you know, do you want a late night booty call? Obviously the stuff with Austin, with Olivia, like it is a lot. It is a lot. And she's on like public, like she's on a public stage. It's, I don't know. I just worry a little bit about people's mental health when you go through that, because I think she's probably beating her own self up. Um, And if you've ever made mistakes, I would imagine that you would understand or have a little bit of um, sympathy towards people like that. But anyway, I guess not in a lot of you guys. I guess there's no mistakes that can be made ever, ever. Um, love you. <laughs> love you guys. So uh, this is where I got very frustrated with Olivia, okay? Olivia has given Austin a pass. Andy Cohen calls her out on this. Olivia decided pretty early that she was very mad at Austin and very mad at Taylor, yet she gave Austin a pass very early on and then continued to hang out with him, travel with him, go on vacation with him, introduce him to her current man. There is a little bit of, um, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Why Austin gets off the hook and Taylor will never. That's fine if you don't want to forgive Taylor. That's cool. But why is Austin so forgivable? Just because he's expected to be more of an ass? Just because people are, you know, <clears throat> like assuming Austin's a dick that, that you know, will just accept Austin for being an F-boy like JT says? I personally think that that's like a little bit um, I don't know. I, I, I find that a little bit, you know, why did Taylor owe her any more than Austin owed her? And yeah, fine. There's girl code or whatever, but then you're just cool with Austin. Like you're not even just forgiving Austin. You're on vacation with him. You're hanging out with friends all the time together. I, I just don't understand. You, you won't ever look at Taylor again. You won't ever talk to Taylor again. You are so mad at Taylor. Taylor is done forever. There is never any chance of reconciliation, but you're cool enough to party with Austin. It's a little bit of a double standard in my opinion. I just find uh, like that a little unfair. It's one thing if she's like, I can never be friends with Austin. I can never be friends with Taylor, but I'm cool to be with both of them in public spaces and like hang out. But she's not saying that. She introduced Austin to her boyfriend and they were all hanging out. She's partying with them. She says that she can't stand Austin, but I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it at all. Um, And Andy called it out. Olivia's like, well, Taylor lied to my face. And Andy's like, so did Austin. Austin lied to your face. The whole thing was a very big, you know, mess of, of no one knew which way to go, what to say, who to say it to. And JT is the reason for all of this. Who knew Mr. Chihuahua, who, by the way, could he be more annoying? 
I really liked JT for a lot of the season. No, actually, I didn't. There was a moment or two that I liked him, but I could not stand him in this reunion. Like STFU, JT. It's it's thou doth protest too much. It's I am such a good man. I have never done anything wrong. I am wonderful. I am great. You know, I I, I don't I have no idea what's going on there. It was it was very, very uh annoying to watch JT go after Austin constantly. And the whole conversation about how he's like, I didn't I didn't hit him first. JT was like a up on the bar stool, trying so hard to get Jay, to get Austin to get pissed off. And and Craig, Mr. Like Amazing Craig even said at that moment, he was like, if someone stepped in my face like that, I would beat him up too. Craig said that. And if Craig said that, then I absolutely agree. Um, okay. Now, one of the comments, are you forgetting that Taylor brought up Olivia's brother during their argument? I am not forgetting. And I think she made some major mistakes trying to, you know, get out of the mess. Like I told you, like, I'm not, I'm not denying her wrongdoing. I'm not saying that Taylor didn't do wrong things. I think she did many, many wrong things, including how she handled it. Because you know what happens? You get defensive. When you are being constantly shamed or, you know, yelled at or whatever, you start to get defensive. This is human behavior. I'm doing a lot of work on this right now, okay? So I'm reading all these books about this stuff. Defensive is a mechanism that we have to do as human beings when we feel like we're being blamed for a lot of things. After taking the heat over and over, you kind of have no choice at some point or you let the better of you or maybe your ego pops in and you start to get defensive. But the truth is the best thing you do is you release the defense, you release your ego, and you just truly listen to the hurt person and say, I'm sorry, over and over and over and over and over. And you don't have to just say, I'm sorry, but you just stop defending yourself. And that's very hard to do when you feel like attacked. It is. So, um, Rodrigo comes out as very clearly a Taylor's friend. Um, he was very, very frustrated with Olivia. Olivia keeps talking about how the fact that she's like, I'm not trying to take her down. I'm not trying to do this. I'm not trying. I just want you to understand Olivia can be hurt here, but she is like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right move, uh, right word. She is like unflappable in her anger. And I think that yes, she's very angry with Taylor, but I also think that she's so hurt and mad and struggling with the death of her brother, maybe. And it's all connected because it all happened right around the same exact same time and same thing. And it's very possible that she's just kind of like releasing all of those feelings that she has about that sadness towards, it's, it's an easy way to just like, explode on someone like Taylor, right? Because Taylor did F up right around that time. Now, something really happened during this time. Something happened during this time that I don't like at all. And I feel like it was very glossed over in the reunion. During the season, we see Taylor and her brother very close. 
We see them talking on the balcony in Jamaica, which is when Olivia overheard. We see her talking to him at their Christmas or whatever. She's very, very close with him. And he, unfortunately and sadly, has passed away. I don't know exactly the date and I don't know why. To lose a brother or a sibling, I can only imagine, has got to be one of the worst pains you can ever have. It's actually almost crazy that Olivia has lost her brother. Austin has lost his sister, much younger, but has. And now Taylor has lost her brother. And Andy puts it out there in such a brief way. And Taylor is clearly so upset over it. And then we're just moving right along. In this moment, it would be so good for Olivia's heart. And you guys are going <laughs> to... Oh, gosh, you know, I, I th- and this is risky for me to have this opinion because it's not the popular opinion. And also you guys are very um, loud about it and my reviews show it because a lot of my reviews are like, I hate you now because you like Olivia. I mean, because you like Taylor. I didn't say I like her. I didn't say I would want to be her friend. I'm just saying I see the potential to forgive in a lot of people. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Katie. Some of you guys here are on my team here. Taylor's brother died. I don't care that it wasn't on camera. It was still an insane loss. And it was glossed over like nothing, right? Nothing. And what a moment could that have been for Olivia to say, I am so mad at you. And I hold so much anger and sadness over what you did to me. And I really, really wish it never would have happened. And I miss you as a friend. And I don't think we'll ever get that back. That being said, I cannot believe that we both are going through the exact same loss and pain. And for that, I want to give you a hug. Do you know what kind of healing that would have done for Olivia? And I'm not saying for Taylor. She doesn't need to be Taylor's friend. I think it would have been so lovely, so important for Olivia's healing to give her just like a little bit of love. I don't know. Forgiveness is something, and I'm doing a lot of reading on this. Forgiveness is something that we have to learn how to do for our own happiness. To forgive is a really powerful tool. Just saying. Just saying. And I felt really bad for Taylor that they didn't even care about her brother. Like her brother's death is no big deal, but Olivia's was the reason and the catalyst for all of Olivia's anger for the entire season. Just saying. Um, okay. Austin and Shep. Who knew that Austin and Shep have had a falling out? We heard that at BravoCon in November, Austin was really got, he really had Shep's back. Now, Craig says, I think that the reason that Austin really had your back possibly is because he was incredibly, um, you know, able to, like, he, he took care of Shep and kind of, like, kept him going in BravoCon when he was blacked out drunk because he probably recognized that Shep was kind of spiraling for him, right? For him. And... I guess what happened in the last couple of weeks before this reunion was filmed was there was drama between Austin and Shep and Austin took a step back from Shep. 
And so in this scene or in this reunion, all of a sudden, Chef starts showing his anger towards Austin, this kind of bottled up, hidden, suppressed anger that he had the entire season that he wasn't able to really announce or talk about it for various reasons, which I think have a lot to do with your childhood, honestly, why people do this. I think some people are the people that cannot hold anger in, Olivia, or cannot hold their feelings in. And then some people are the sheps, which is sweep it under the rug. Everything's fine. Let's just have a good time. Everything's good. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. And I truly believe that in in this case, Shep finally, and maybe this is the fact that he's slowing down his drinking when this reunion was filmed, and he sh- he's slowing down all of that. I do believe that in this case, he has started to really start. You can't mask your feelings anymore when you stop drinking, right? When you stop the substances and the parting. Now, at this point, I think he was still drinking, but he wasn't maybe getting to like blackout status. And so he was honestly in this moment, I thought, very, um, he was coming to terms with his anger. And that's maybe why he became such a nasty drunk this last season. This is what happens, right? This is how alcohol like shows up in our lives. We use it to mask our happiness, our sadness, our, you know, anxiety, our shame, all that stuff. This is the truth of it. So I think that, um, I'm sorry, I'm reading some of your comments about Taylor. I think that Shep started to recognize his feelings and he started to go after Austin. And Austin was basically feeling a little defensive, of course. And he was saying, you know, is this about what, but what's been happening over the last couple of weeks? And Shep goes, yeah. I mean, no, but yeah, like it hurt really hard that you let me off the hook that, I mean, that you like stopping my friend. And Austin said, I can't imagine a life where I'm not your buddy, Shep. Um, Why does Austin feel the need to pull away from Shep when Austin is such a problematic person too? Maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he felt like hanging out with Shep was when Shep was getting completely wasted and hammered and totally off the rails. And Austin said, maybe I'm a bad influence on Shep. You know, I don't know. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I think in in reality, I think that Chef has obviously really come to terms with his situation and where he is in his life. And Austin is not there yet. Austin hasn't come to terms with it yet. Austin is really, truly um, just not able. I, I don't think. I have not felt from Austin that he's come to terms or taken any sort of like growth or self-help or anything over any of the things he's done in the past. I think he's still ready to party and have fun. Step on the other hand, y'all, he made a speech at the end of the show when they brought out their cocktails and they gave Shep juice, which I thought was incredible. And they brought out, everyone had these tinfoil hats on for, for, um, a shout out to Craig and his conspiracy, conspiracy theories. And Shep made a speech and I posted it over on my Instagram, but it was basically like, it's okay to cry. You're going to feel all the emotions you've flown or soared with the Eagles and you've been in the dumps and change is okay. And getting knocked down is okay. And life will, is all about persistence and getting back up. And you guys, when I tell you, I personally felt so moved by that statement because I'm in such a period of transition myself right now. And I truly felt so 
floored when I went over to Shep's Instagram and saw that in the meantime, Shep has gone. And I don't know if this is something that's really actually fully happening forever, but Shep went to a one week, um, like spiritual retreat, I think in Costa Rica, he experimented with ayahuasca, which we all know is like one of those things that you have to do sometimes to kind of like snap yourself out of a bad pattern. Um, not for me. I'm too scared of something like that, but he did it. He surfed. He ate good food. He was out in the sun. It sounds to me like he meditated. He did all these things. And his caption is something that I loved so much. I felt so like moved by his ability to recognize his wrongdoings. And so I'm going to read you guys his caption because it's a whole bunch of videos and little clips about him going and how he's felt about it. And he says this, well, since I haven't had any qualms about sharing lately, as many of you know, here's what I've been up to late, to as of late. I just feel like this can only shed light and perhaps help some folks. Last week, I was at Rhythmia down in Costa Rica. I was searching for answers a bit and stumbled upon this spot. I think the videos in the post tell some of the stories and I've got many more. Um, I feel very clear, happy, and hopeful now that I'm home. The surfing was the cherry on top. I thought about turning off comments, but what the hey? Who am I to stifle others' thoughts or opinions, especially if I put myself out there? I'll leave you with this, though. One of the many things I took from the week. A yoga meditation teacher had a shirt that said, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. Y no pasa nada, which means, and that's okay, all good. We all have different approaches, ideas, points of views, and opinions, and they and they are ours, and yours is yours, and that's all right. So thanks for all the support. Truly means a lot. There's so many good eggs out there on social media and in the Bravo world. And now on to the rotten ones. Just kidding. For me, it's now time to chart another course in my trusty vessel that's gotten me this, full, this far. Hashtag course correct, and I can't wait to see what's on the horizon. Why am I wanting to cry? Listen to this, you guys. And this is really important for all of you haters in the comments because I know I'll get a lot of them today. What's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. And it's all good. We all have different approaches, ideas, points of views, opinions, and they are ours and yours is yours. And that's all right. What an incredible approach. Because Shep is going to upset people and he's going to make people happy and proud. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter for any of us. Really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think about the decisions you're making. It matters how you feel about your decisions and your life. And that means that if you do make mistakes and if you have made mistakes or if someone's hurt you, don't listen to what other people think you should do. Think about what you should do and what your heart tells you and how you can sleep better at night. That's where I'm leaving you guys. All right. I hope you have an amazing uh, weekend and, um, you know, be kind, be nice. Don't hate me too much for this episode. Um, Love you guys. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. See you Monday.